Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Spot, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. This is our sixth season. Wow! Uh, it's funny, I gotta say, just real quick, we're on our sixth season. I feel like a British TV show. Mm. Because, you know, US television, a season is a year. Yeah. They do way too many episodes, uh, but they're done. And then the next season is season two. It's the next year. Whereas the British TV shows don't tend to do that. There's a, or at least if they do, they do like three episodes or eight episodes. <laughs> and that's all you get for until they're ready to make more. But yeah. So uh, yeah, I like, British, how, I like the way our setup is. British TV usually ends after like three seasons too. So maybe we should yeah. stop. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, this episode is our... our our MPL episode. Our multiplayer mm -hmm. limited episode. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were gonna kick out of that one. Um we we wanted to take this season to really emphasize that we are not just a commander podcast. Uh, we talk a lot about commander because it's the main thing we play. Uh, but we want to take this season to talk about multiplayer in general, because that's that's our 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 digs uh commander just falls in that um so today we want to talk about multiplayer limited uh from uh conspiracy to conspiracy two yes i guess with conspiracy now um i guess you we, we call that old school now oh wow oh oh i mean oh. everything's old to me <laughs> <laughs> um you know, we also got Battle Bond, Commander Legends. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, boxing leagues. Uh, we thought it would be fun to really uh, challenge ourselves to, to to really emphasize our our love for multiplayer by starting with multiplayer limited. Yes, as an umbrella, protect us from this rain. I don't have anything written in my book. I don't know why I opened it. We're going. We're flying. We're flying. Uh, flying free. Flying free. Um, <clears throat> you know what? Let's just get into it. Yep. Conspiracy. Uh, one. Conspir yes. Conspiracy. So, conspiracy holds a uh, a near and dear place in my heart. Okay. Um, I am not a limited player, and I never have been. Uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the closest I get to limited uh, were our sealed pre-releases. And even there, my decks invariably were never any good. <laughs> Same. Um, I just had a hard time putting this together and making it work. And when you add in the idea of a draft, well, okay, now I have to compete against people who know what they're doing. And if I don't know what I'm doing, my deck is even worse than it would be if I was just playing against or just pulling cards out of a pack <laughs> and putting the deck together. This, yeah, this was limited, has never been my bag, but... Having three opponents changes things. <laughs> then Conspiracy came along, and suddenly, exactly. Now you've got three opponents. Um, Who also have three opponents. Right. So the game changes. Um, suddenly, you don't have to have the best deck, or the best deck doesn't necessarily win every time, because there are three other opponents who are also looking at this person who has the best deck and saying, yeah, 
all three of us together are going to take this guy down. Mm-hmm. And that can happen. So when we first, when my group heard that conspiracy was coming, we got excited because this was, this was half of a format we already, we were already doing anyway. We were already, you know, we were already doing some cube drafts, um, but most of those were Mm -hmm. one-on-one. And now suddenly we were being offered uh, a format, a draft format for for casual players. I'm like, okay, well, this couldn't have landed any better for me. Um, and then sure enough, we bought a ton of it, my play group, and we played a ton of it. Yeah. Um, that went on for a good year and a half, two years, where we, would, where we were drafting. Oh, wow. Um, at, least, at least once a month, sometimes <laughs> twice a month. And uh, oftentimes it was more than one draft in a night. Um, just New because. boxes or are you just shuffling up? No, uh, new boxes. Wow. Uh, I, bought, um, I bought more Conspiracy uh, than I have bought any other set. Uh, I bought at least, oh boy, I don't remember now. Uh, I think I bought almost, almost a dozen boxes of it. Oh, wow. Because uh, in the end, out of everybody in our group, I think we had 18 boxes of Conspiracy that we ended up with. That we worked our way through. So um, amazing! And for yeah. those unfamiliar, conspiracy is a draft, a draftable limited format where, uh, well, draft draft matters, I guess. Format um, where at the end of your draft you will have, break up into pods of four. Yes, uh, I've never played. Uh, came out in 2014. That's it's all I got for you. Mm. You you draft in a in a. In a standard draft pod, a mm-hmm. draft pod of eight. Okay. And what happens then is that you break into two groups of four. Um, how you chose to do that was up to you. Uh, I know that some groups simply chose every second person around the table and said those are the people that are in one pod and then the other pod. Uh, our group, we regularly just drew lots. So you didn't know if the person you were handing cards to was going to be in your pod or not. So you just, you know, we throw four islands and four swamps in the middle and, and divvy everybody up that way. Um, or um, just, you know, whatever, whatever option you yeah. chose. Um, I know that some groups even set it up so they would have four players on one side and four players on the other. So literally it would go around one, two, three, four, all in the same pod. I think that's insane. But... I think that makes hey, a little bit more to, sense, though. To each his own, yeah. Um, you know, however you want it, however you wanted to set it up. Because um, I mean, in the <clears> ideal, <throat> quote unquote, ideal draft scenario, yeah. the person sitting directly across from you is generally going to be drafting a similar deck to you. Um, right. The concern is that if you put four people in a row, mm-hmm. that um, the person who's sitting at the front of that four for two of the oh, two yeah. of the three car, uh, drafts is going to see all the good cards first, so um, it can it can put a, a swing yeah. on things. But again, you're breaking into two groups of four, so you can do that. It works. Um, what I really liked uh, with Battlebond is conspiracy. Or sorry, with conspiracy. Thank you. <laughs> is that um, Bruce is excited? The balance. In the in the cards and in the colors and in the in the draft options was there, so it wasn't as though, oh, this deck wins all the time. Draft this deck. 
it wasn't that it was a relatively even even spread of various draft types mm -hmm. um so that worked out really well um so it kept things it kept things very fun um yeah so um and like when was the when were the first this is gonna be a slight tangent um when were the first commander precons 2010 oh okay so this is like 2012 this is perfect then because it's like a few years into uh to, into oh. wizards thinking about multiplayer yes and making cards that are like oh each opponent mm -hmm. each player like it's more than just one-on-one -on -one. they they're really embracing the idea that you're playing with more than one opponent right um, and wizards really knew at that point i mean just look at some of the cards that came that come out of conspiracy mm -hmm. and there are some fun legendary creatures in this set and yes i'm biased because uh i've made com commanders out of a big chunk of them <laughs> um but uh, yeah grenzo you got king brago you got uh, uh queen Marchezo. Marchezo, you've got yeah marchesa the black rose um and i've i've made an online version of oh what's the blue legend it's, oh mizio mizio there we go there were several that i that i put together mm. um it doesn't hurt when you've drafted that many times. You have a lot of these cards, so yeah. you tend to build with them. Um, but it really, uh, they understood, to me, the power balance that you saw in Conspiracy was what I would consider one of, what I would consider a great a balance for your commanders. These were not overpowered, but they did weird and funky stuff. Mm -hmm. They were fun, and it was a, you know, these were fun options to, to go for. So, uh, and I think that nowadays they're probably significantly underpowered, but mm. you're just going to need to build the right deck yeah. around it. But any, any, I'm not here to talk about commander decks. <laughs> I wanted to focus so on easy. this. Um, the, uh, the to me one of the and one of the key things that conspiracy brings mm -hmm. are the conspiracy cards themselves. Wizards took a look at this and said, "These are casual players. Let's let's do something with the draft other than have people." Pick up a pack of cards, pick out the pick out the one they want, and pass it over. Yeah, and just sit there like deaf mutes as as the cards go round and round the table. So they added to it, and the conspiracy cards were there was one in every pack, to the annoyance of many people who just wanted the cards and didn't want to do the drafting because <laughs> they're pretty much useless outside of the draft. Um, during the draft, you could pick one. Uh, some of the cards were face up, some of them were face down. You got benefits. Uh, you know, they would twist. They could twist the entire deck. Yeah. So. Um, let's. Uh, this this is a a, a common one. Yeah. Uh, assemble the rank and vial. Uh, type line conspiracy. Uh, the text says hidden agenda. Start the game with this conspiracy face down in the command zone and secretly name a card. You may turn this conspiracy face up anytime and reveal the chosen name. Uh, and then the rest of the text says, uh, creatures you control with the chosen name have, when this creature dies, you may pay black. If you do, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tapped. So generally, it's it's like a... <clears throat> well, a card like that just looked at it and said, you know what, in a lot of drafts, people pick up a lot of chaff at the end of the mm. draft that they never put in a deck. Well, this one says, you know what, if you end up getting three copies of this particular card, put them all in the deck, and then when they die, you get a bonus. So it makes those cards, it adds a little value to those cards. And these are, like, a lot of the conspiracies were low-key like that one. Mm -hmm. And then there were other ones that were, um, 
<clears throat> the, one of the ones in particular was um, all of your creatures do damage equal to their power instead of their toughness. Ooh. So you could completely flip it. Um, you know, essentially it was essentially it was a uh, Doran as a conspiracy. Oh, it does. Pa- it does it equal to the toughness at that rather than the power? Yeah. Yes, that's um, awesome. And then there were other weird ones. Uh, there was. I'm not going to try and pull them from my head because there were a number <laughs> of conspiracies in Conspiracy Two. So I'll probably end up confusing a handful of them be- yeah. just because. I mean, uh, there was one that your lands tap for any color. Ooh. Um, but I forget what the restriction was five cards in hand or you had to uh you had to build a five color deck or something along that interesting was all kinds of weirdness um Um, but you know there were some amazing ones and some that were more common that you would run into and these uh these conspiracies these cards uh lived outside of the battlefield so they were not really interactable they generally felt more like uh more like an emblem. Like an emblem. Thank yeah. you. Just because, um, I mean, you don't see too many cards that say, you know, target, you know, destroy target conspiracy mm. or, or agenda or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they're just sort of there. Yeah. Um, so you're really only going to see these within the context of a conspiracy draft. Yeah. They, they always kind of added fun flavor. I think uh, mm-hmm. along the same lines, too, you had cards like uh, Paliano, uh, High City. Yeah. Where on the card it had a general draft line where right. it's like during the draft if you draft this card ask the person to your left a thing ask the person yeah, to your you... right a thing so like with palianos yeah. ask them for a color color and then you would also choose a color right and then it could tap for any of those three colors yeah and there was Amazing. uh was that that same that same concept uh on a black removal spell mm-hmm. so it would say target and then those three colors Mm. you know or a creature yeah, was, with one of those three colors dies yeah i think it was like a black like one black yeah. instant it was a really good card regicide that's what it was good card yeah but they did all these things to try and make the draft more relevant or mm-hmm. try and affect the value of the cards in the draft uh, garbage fire i think was another one and I again was, we may be confusing some of these with the conspiracy too but i don't could be but honestly i think garbage fire was from the original yeah um i think just the idea that it, might be from, it would do damage but... uh equal to the number of cards hmm. that had been drafted that round oh so uh it costs three so you certainly didn't want to take it in your first three turns but if you could <laughs> get one much later uh, i mean i got one at one point where it was doing seven damage and the nice part is that when the next garbage fire comes out, if you pick that as your second pick, uh, it still does seven damage because it just looks at all the garbage fires and says which one gets the most, deals the most. Oh, wow. And then they all get that. So suddenly every other garbage fire at that point, everybody at the table knows that you have it and that it's worth X to you. But for the rest of them, the value changes. So the guy who's picking right in front of you you know, is he going to take the garbage fire and only get three? Or is he going to pass it to you and let you get another garbage fire that's worth seven damage? It, it, it's just all sorts of little things that made the draft play that play in a certain way. Mm. Um, uh, or uh, one of my favorite cards as far as affecting the draft was uh, is it Deal Broker or Lore Broker? I think it's Deal Broker. Mm. Um, it's an artifact creature. It's a Power and toughness are irrelevant because the creature says you can tap it and you draw a card and discard a card. 
So it's an artifact creature yeah. construct. Yes. Uh, it says draft deal broker face up. Yeah. Immediately after the draft, you may reveal a card in your card pool. Each other player may offer you one card in their card pool in exchange. You may accept you may accept any one offer. Right. So if you're offering up some, you know, you offer something that's not in the colors that you're running and maybe somebody else will swap you. Um, and that's cute. And that creates a lot of interesting dynamics too if you already know who's in your pod and how much they're willing to give up for it. Right. But part of the reason I really like Deal Broker mm -hmm. is when you're doing the draft and you see how it affects the draft and what it's going to do at the end of the draft, that's how you tend to value the card. But you forget, it's a 1-3 creature that lets you loot. <laughs> forget about all of the draft relevant stuff. Yeah, That by itself is good. And that's part of the reason Deal Broker sits in a number of my decks. In fact, it's a 2-3 two, for 3. Okay, it's a 2-3 three for 3. So it goes into a number of my decks because it draws you cards. And it's colorless. Right. So it helps with, you know, your, your non-blue, non-green colors. Yeah. Um, Gets rid of lands late game. Right. And, and, and it's funny because most people don't put it in their deck because they start reading it saying, oh, this has something to do with a draft. I'm not doing a draft. And they don't look at the card. Um, but, you know... It's great in a draft, and it's even better. Well, it's great in a draft, and it's pretty darn good outside of a draft, too. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a handful of cards from Conspiracy and Conspiracy 2 where they alter the draft, but they're still good outside of the draft. Mm. And you can expand that out. Like, I mean, you talked about Pagliano. And I've used Pagliano in, in, in a commander deck. Um, we just errated it so that at the start of the game before you reveal your commander opponents on your right and your left choose two colors and then you are you know you the three of you choose colors and that land now produces those three colors hmm. the question is are those three colors part of the colors that your commander made that your commander needs <laughs> um so it was uh it's a you know another little game that you that you get to play during conspiracy but it also helps um in your regular commander games um before we uh fully involve ourselves in conspiracy 2 conspiracy 1 also brought uh dethrone yes i believe that might have been like the first sighting of the mechanic uh dethrone essentially says like if you attack if a creature attacks the player with the most life it gets plus one plus one counter yeah most or tied um, so you can go after if everybody's starting life total is 20 you can go after anybody yeah so it does a few great things mm -hmm. that aren't done enough in commander anyway or right. in a lot of magic games which is a it, it encourages combat yeah combat is generally not as valued as it should be right um so it encourages that which we'll see again mm -hmm. in conspiracy too right this was wizard's first attempt yeah. to try and make the combat step a little more uh valuable a little more yeah a little more valued especially especially in multiplayer where it's <clears> it's <throat> tough to to be like oh i'm gonna attack this person while still being sure that you're not gonna get attacked from any of the other players right um um dethrone was uh like i said it was an early attempt mm -hmm. um it didn't work quite as well as they'd hoped it would just because one, it encourages you to attack the person with the highest life total, not necessarily the most dangerous person. 
And two, a lot of people would forget mm. that the plus one plus one counter gets added before combat is dealt, before yeah. any combat damage is dealt. So, you know, they look at their 2 2 with the throne and they see the opponent's 2 2 and they're like, I don't want to trade. Right. Well, you're not gonna, because your creature's gonna be a three three when you when you swing in. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and you know, for for the most part nowadays, uh, Dethrone is pretty much a Marchesa of the Black Rose deck. <laughs> yeah. Because um, uh, you're just looking for ways to add yeah. plus plus encounter things on things with that deck. But Conspiracy Two kind of <clears> split <throat> up Dethrone into, I mean, two of uh, Commander's favorite mechanics. Yeah. Uh, some of the best design that I can think of uh, in Monarch, which we'll talk a lot about in uh, Commander Legends, and mm-hmm. Goat, which has just continually gotten more and more printings in cards uh, since, I don't know, like last year or something. Yeah, um, for me, um, Conspiracy 2, mm-hmm. <clears throat> really enjoyed that that draft format as well. Mm-hmm. Um but conspiracy conspiracy to me was about the conspiracies and about everything else conspiracy too really tied in like the focus really is from at least for me it's the monarch and goad mm. uh, those two uh, those two abilities are just they play a very significant role in my commander games now yeah absolutely. Um, and i think uh i think they they're both mechanics that and as, even outside of commander games yeah i think yeah. they as they continually make more and more of these cards that have these mechanics um it's it's great honestly having yeah. this choice because i feel like even just a year ago um or i guess a year and a half ago just before commander legends came out right i was looking for go to cards and you'd had like three mm-hmm. it was like grenzo uh disrupt decorum and like another one that were like any sort of good right and then you got things like bloodthirsty blade and uh the uh impetus Mm -hmm. cycle um and we see more and more uh as things go um word word got out to wizards that it was a good mechanic (laughs) goad is a great mechanic and Um, you need to do more with it and there is so much more that you could do with it. They really did just sort of scrape, yeah, barely scrape the surface of what Goad can do. In, oh, absolutely. In, in Conspiracy 2. But... And I think the thing with Goad, uh, for me, is that it's not terribly overpowered. Or at least I haven't seen it be that way. Yeah. Um, I know that probably people are out there being like, oh, like, it's it's terrible. It's a scourge on the, the format. But, like, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, not to say that it right. is. Um, and this really ties into the whole idea that um, when we talked about the throne, how they're trying to make the combat set more relevant, oh, Goad yeah. and and the monarch, yeah, both. Uh, it says something when a lot of play groups have a, have their own default rule that uh, the first person to do combat damage becomes the monarch. Mm. That you don't even need to play the monarch card. You don't even need to play any monarch cards. To get the monarch because they feel like this is such a good part. Oh yeah, definitely of it. And you know, if you're adding in more card draws, you're adding in more cards. <laughs> it just it stands to reason that your games are going to be more interesting and more exciting if 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 everybody's drawing more cards. So yeah, 
for those unfamiliar, goad says until your next turn, uh, that creature that has been goaded uh, attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. So if you have goaded, say I have goaded Bruce's creature, mm-hmm. Bruce's creature that I have goaded cannot attack me, but has to attack, kind of. Um, if it can't mm-hmm. attack, it doesn't have to attack. If it can only attack me, it must. but it must attack me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the attack part is the is, right. is the the greater requirement of the two. Um, what I like about goat is that uh, it puts the emphasis on combat and not necessarily to uh, to value combat, but as a response. So, like the more ubiquity that goat sees in the format, your playgroup or your meta will respond accordingly. So, like. Uh, the more goat is out there, the more people will value combat. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you just have a bunch of crappy creatures because of just their ETBs, then maybe uh, once you start to see goad more, you will put in bigger creatures, tougher creatures, etc. Right. Um, to then be okay attacking, uh, it will value combat before the the mechanic itself, and then with right. monarch. Um, kind of uh, linking with Dethrone um, for those unfamiliar which uh, shouldn't be too many of you Monarch is the best be careful uh, you read the correct text on the Monarch okay. not the uh, the incorrect text that was printed on it when it was originally oh, printed oh really? Yes. Um, so I believe, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong at the beginning of your unsub, draw a card that's if you're Monarch uh, whenever a creature deals combat damage to you its controller becomes the monarch. Yeah. So it's combat damage. If you're the monarch at the beginning of your run step, you draw a card. So if you draw a card and then you now you have eight, you then have to discard. Discarding cards, two hand size is always the last thing you do before passing the turn. Yeah. Um, yeah, the monarch never goes... Once it's in, it does not go away. Mm. So there's always... As long as there are still two players left, at yeah. least one of them is going to be the monarch. So it's it's just another reason to start attacking people. The 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 return of the monarch uh, in Commander Legends was yeah. so sweet. Conspiracy two, I think, continued the theme of uh, great legendary creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, another Grenzo, another Marchesa. <laughs> well, yeah, but at the same time, I feel like it it definitely added something to that whole uh, mm-hmm. that whole plane. I hope we see it again. I I can't believe we won't. Uh, Right. I think there are... It it offers up too many options where those options just aren't anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if they've got other ideas for ways to mess with the draft, um, you can throw them in there. And you can't really do it anywhere else, including the next one we're going to talk about after the break. But um, Mm. I can't see how we won't see it again. Uh, I think it could take a little bit of time, but yeah, we'll get there. Uh, I find it interesting, too, because Conspiracy 2, I believe, was my first draft format. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever drafted was Conspiracy 2, and I think by that point you guys were starting to pe- peter off on yeah. Conspiracy 2. I think at that point you guys had, quote-unquote, solved the draft, and yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. And by <clears> the time uh, the draft was done, the games were... Nobody was super interested, but I was like, yeah, let's play. And I got smoked because I'm not great at drafting still. Right. Um, but 
it was such a quality experience to just like sit here and just like have eight people sitting around just just talking and the whole drafting and uh, i mean a, a common theme you hear in magic is that you really don't want to be cracking your packs unless you're cracking them for a draft and there were a few drafts where mm. that i enjoyed more than cracking a conspiracy or a conspiracy two pack <laughs> to uh to run to go with that deck or to go with that uh Mm. that format so speaking of not cracking your packs for value let's throw it to our break to buy singles no i'm just kidding we don't actually have a real sponsor we'll be right back (laughs) this episode of temple of the false pod is brought to you by sovereign's realm a conspiracy that reads your deck can't have basic land cards and your starting hand size is five Exile a card from your hand. This turn, you may play basic land cards from outside the game. Basic lands you control have tap. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Enjoy that draft deck. Now back to you. Hey, we're back. Um, Thanks me and Bruce for that beautiful read. It was very sumptuous and tactile (laughs) um it's so interesting i i've i've drafted plenty of times on arena and there's never quite the experience uh that you get when you're drafting in person right obviously obviously um if you're doing it for the game then fine great yeah it, it it does its job but uh, there is such a there's such a a communal experience even in competitive drafting uh, doing it in person with the tactile nature of cards and sitting across from somebody and of course with the past two years there's been uh, this this lack of that uh, and it's really hard to draft conspiracy anywhere else other than in person oh yeah, yeah because yeah. you need sticky notes sometimes you need to actually write on the card mm. there the tactile part of it really is a part of the conspiracy draft um and uh it's even harder with the next multiplayer limited format that wizards came up with which uh centered around two-headed giant which for those who don't know uh two-headed giant is a format uh we might have talked about it in our multiplayer format episode where we talk about star and Mm -hmm. secret ninja i don't remember what it was called secret Mm -hmm. emperor i don't know whatever yeah all those things two-headed giant you're on a team of two against generally another team of two you can see your team's cards uh you attack as a team you get attacked as a team yeah you have a combined life total yes 30 Uh, 30. and uh you kind of do everything together you talk about strategies Mm -hmm. etc so they turn that into a draft format called Battle Bond, where uh, you draft with your partner, yep. and each each pick you pick two, um, which then also um, helped out with partner as a as a concept. Partner with right, uh, where they introduce partner with, so you could play a partner with card, and then somebody on your team could go search for the other one. If it was in their deck, 
Um, so either you or them could search for the other card, or I guess it wasn't even search. It was like, go find it. Yeah. Um, because it specifically uh, can get around things like Avon Mind Sensor. Uh, that type of like if search yeah. for search okay uh, so um, great little utility uh, we got cool things like uh, Okum and uh, Zinder Split uh, the, the 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 coin flipping deck uh, we got things like uh, Toothy and Peer Toothy and Peer um, uh, the uh, the, the, the partner commanders. I, there were a few other ones. Uh, yeah. There was Gorm and oh yeah, Gorm and oh. Gorm the Virulent or something. Uh, and then we had, of course, the introduction of the two the two beautiful uh, king children. Uh, <laughs> there was Gorm the Great and uh, Virtus the Veiled. Virtus the Veiled. There were several of them. Yeah, um, and then of course the red blue were the. The beautiful children of 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 King Kenrith, Will and, and Rowan Kenrith. Yes. Uh, who, I mean, lore-wise were, like, brought there and told to gladiate. Uh, some fun, fun little things. Other than that, I think just, like, as a two-headed giant draft format, that was something completely new. And um, it was, like, my second draft <laughs> format. And yeah. uh, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It is. Um, for me, mm-hmm. um, Battlebond, following up with the conspiracies, um, I, I was initially kind of negative with Battlebond, um, but that was primarily because of the restriction that it had uh, in that you needed eight people for the draft mm-hmm. or four. You could do a draft with just the four of you. So either you and your partner were picking the card or your opponents were getting that card. Um, So you could do it like that. Ideally, you did want eight people to draft. The benefit that Conspiracy and Conspiracy 2 both had is you could draft with seven. Mm. You just had a pod of four and a pod of three. You could draft with six, two, three pods. You could do five. You could do five as a single pod. You could do four. But it gave you all of the options. So, you know, you you know, on Thursday night when I'm waiting for people to show up, you're literally counting off and just waiting to get to four. Because <laughs> once you got to four, you knew you could draft. Mm. And that was it for the rest of the night. But if you wanted to do Battle Bond, you needed eight. You needed four. And then when the first person showed up, well, okay, now I need three more. <laughs> And it got hard. It, it was it was difficult to draft it as much as as much as the conspiracy ones, just because mm. of that restriction. However, Battle Bond is a great set. Um, I didn't get to draft it as much as conspiracy, but I did get to draft it a fair bit. Um, and to me, the benefit of Battle Bond was uh, was just the learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so. Uh, it's a treat to be able to sit next to people that you play with all the time or even people you don't know and see how they see the cards. You know, why do they think this card is the card you should pick? Mm. Why do you think that this is the card that you should pick? And you can have at least a mini discussion over each. And a lot of times your view on a particular card or just how to be drafting overall 
can be changed or enlightened or oh absolutely or, or you can be assisting the other person you know maybe they maybe when they looked at the card they were like yeah and then you say well but it says all players and then they go what and they look at it and they're like, oh that's right right that includes my team right <laughs> so uh so there's all kinds of uh all kinds of benefits and it really tied into the that whole uh, working together motif to make it happen yeah um, i watch so many great. people i watch so many people on twitch draft you know mm-hmm. oh excuse me whatever's on arena and it's so wonderful to have that learning experience of like watching other people draft because right. when you're drafting you don't have that experience you, right you don't learn why certain picks are right and why are some are wrong right. except for the fact that like you're going into these games and being like oh well this card didn't work the way i wanted it to right um but the thing with battle bond is that you get both that experience of like having somebody confirm or deny your pick and be like oh like you you get the watching but you also get to be watched exactly Um, it's not it's not a one-way street you're not just learning or just sitting there saying you're an idiot (laughs) Uh, i mean i am but you are you are watching or you are actually involved with the draft and you're part of the part of the selection it's just such a learning experience um my favorite battle bond draft and it's just not even close was at a gen con uh and a group of my friends and uh we managed to round up uh three folks from wizards of the coast so we had uh, aaron forsyth um mark globus and uh gavin verhey mm. in our pod and of course we split them up uh and i was lucky well and they were my cards i got to pick my partner first so i picked i picked uh aaron forsyth um and uh, just I learned more in that draft than anywhere. Mm. Um, essentially, Aaron was picking cards, and occasionally I would pipe up with, this is a multiplayer format. What about this one? And he would look at it and think about it, you know, knowing that he was going to be facing two opponents instead of just one, and then make a, you know, a slightly better decision. But most of the time it was, yeah, I think this one is still the better call. um and and i had a great time uh it was like i said it was learning experience and uh um you know we got to put together a good deck and on top of that it wasn't even just the draft it was the play Mm. uh there were plenty of times when i was like we should swing but then this happens like good point and because he's a far better magic player than i am so it was nice to to get that opportunity so um yeah. yeah, I bet he learned something as well. Yeah, that people can play Magic for a really long time and still be lousy drafters. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when it's your job, maybe uh, it's your job to be good at the game. So, uh, <laughs> uh, not us. Uh, and on top of it, I mean, Battlebond brought us, uh, what is that, what's that, that mechanic? Assist. Yes. So assist was cool. Um, granted, I have never seen it happen in a game of Commander. I have managed to make it happen a couple of times. Okay. Um, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. I mean, honestly, getting an assist on a counter spell, mm. that's a tough. It's a tough. It's a tough sell. Because uh, uh, usually, either the assist isn't enough, you mm-hmm. still can't counter, or you have the mana, 
you just don't want to spend it. So yeah. then you're like, I can counter this, but you're going to have to pay because I want to keep this up in case of what? Right. In case you do something to me. So quite um, often people won't help. But Yeah. So um, assist, uh, for those who don't know, is just gen- like, I'm not going to look it up, but it's, yeah. it's generally a mechanic where other people can help you pay for something. But the weird thing is that it, it's just the, the spell costs more. So like just yeah, just use a better spell. Uh, the more I think about it, it feels like a precursor to demonstrate from Strixhaven, where it's like if you cast it for less, somebody else get or no demonstrate is if you you can copy it again to let somebody else also yeah. have a copy. Or uh, there's that like weird mechanic from Strixhaven where it's like if you do it less, if you pay less for it, it it feels like a predecessor to that. If right. you pay less, it, it does like something else. Um, and, uh, I mean, even more so, it started a cycle of lands that, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, a wise man once told me are uh, almost indistinguishable from the original duels, mm-hmm. um, which are essentially, uh, I think they're, they're deemed the crowd lands now, where it says it comes in untapped if you have two or more opponents so if you are in a point in the game where there are three or four people in the game they come in untapped which is great just spectacular oh absolutely only to me the only downside to the crowd lands Mm -hmm. the only one is that they're not they don't yeah they're not searchable yeah they don't list the the basic land types in their their line i'm okay with that Mm. i am a-okay with that uh I don't have really many fetches. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, right. If you're not running fetches, then you've got the panoramas, you've got Farseek, and that's kind of it. Like, there's like a few right. old, are, yeah. old sorcery and enchantments, but <clears throat> yeah, I think they're like crop rotation will let you find a non-basic as well. Gaia's I just bounty. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not. I'm not worried about searching yeah. out. Um, this is a great card, and uh, let's keep in mind. Um, you can also, you know, when you're not playing commander, mm-hmm. in just your your sixty card casual formats, you can run four of these in a deck, <laughs> and suddenly the need to search fades quickly because you have four of them. You're going to get one, and you can just play it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I love these cards. Uh, they are slowly going, slowly but steadily going up in value. Oh yes, and uh, if you do not have you know, get four of each. Get it. Do it quick. Um, they think will get reprinted, but who knows how long that yeah. will take. I think they're at about 10 now-ish. Right. Um, and so we saw five of them. I think they were the the ally colors in uh, Battle Bond. And then we finish off the cycle with the other five in Commander Legends. Yes. Uh, Commander Legends is a draft matters I guess less of a draft matters format and just a draft format where uh, you would start with a 20 card booster pack. Yeah. Um, or three of them uh, draft normally, except you would take two each. No, you just take one. I don't remember. There was a legend in each pack. How many ever you took? I, I drafted it once. That was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might've taken two. I don't remember. Anyway, I think you take two. If I mean, if you're starting out with twenty cards, you think you'd have to take two. Otherwise, it takes forever um, because you're 
you've got 20 cards in your your booster. Anyway, uh, then I think there wasn't the singleton rule in uh, your deck building, but there was color uh, identity rule. It was a great set. Uh, I loved it because it finished off the, the cycle of the five uh, or of the, the ten duels uh, possible for this idea of if you have two or more opponents, it comes in non dapped And uh, beyond that, it also just, you know, ramped up in reprints of certain staples that started to get a little pricier, you know. We had Absolutely. Uh, uh, Lightning Greaves was starting to get to like, be like 10 bucks, and now it's like dropped back down a little. It's starting to go back up. Right. But like, you know, it's that, that cycle. Um, you know, now we have an overabundance of Arcane Signets. We've got overabundance of soul rings. We've got overabundance of command towers. Uh, you know, commander staples. Yeah. Uh, we're really seeing reprints here. We saw the return of partner as a mechanic um, mm-hmm. outside of commander products, like commander decks, precons. Right. Um, which was fun, interesting. Um, they were a little powered down, which I'm glad that they learned after Thrasios and Timna and all these. Right. To me. Wild ones. Um, they power them down. Um, so if you have one of the wild ones, I like the idea that they did single color ones. Mm-hmm. They have very minimal effect mm-hmm. because it means that that crazy one essentially now gets that color that you always wanted to add to it. Mm. Because, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I really wish that Tim the Weaver was red, that there was red in it. Because, oh, think of all of the cards you could include. So then you just pick out like... Uh, Rograk or Breaches or... Exactly. So you get some benefit. Right. But it's not huge. And it it's just beautiful. It's a... Uh, I really like the way it was set up. Um, and I still like the idea... Um, I, I like the idea of the commander deck mm. that, they, that, they, that they want you to create. It's a 60-card deck. It has a commander. You can use multiple copies of a card as long as you've drafted it. Right. Um, and it's just, and it's 60 cards. I appreciate that this is practically a brawl deck <laughs> and that most people don't care for brawl. <clears throat> I love the idea of a 60 card, of 60 card commander decks. Um, well, I also know that Oathbreaker exists. Right. But. I think what's so great yeah. about this is that it is 60 card. Sure, yeah. it's a sm- smaller life total, but like it is like it's supposed to be like a quick thing rather than like sitting down with the commander that you've you've thought about for months and like you you've right. played over and over and over again. Yeah. It's this fresh take, and it is like brawl, sure, but like with brawl, it's brawl standard, which is it's not my cup of tea. It's fine, right? Um, but uh, it's funny with historic brawl on arena. Yeah. It's now a hundred cards. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, you're working with the same pool that everybody at the table is. So regardless of, you know, the money you've spent on Mm -hmm. your staples and your, you know, ad nauseums or whatever. Right. uh, Not that we'd see that here. But uh, you're starting with the same, generally the same pool. So you're really relying on uh, your skills as a player rather than your wallet or... Uh, your access to cards yeah um so your power level as as i've been saying all along isn't about the cards in your deck it's how you play them and how you draft them right um 
because I think like you know there there was a while where you know people were like oh what do you talk about in your your pregame discussions and it, there, overwhelmingly it was like oh like you know what are the what are the standout cards in your deck or how does your deck win and it's like sure those are important those are important to know going into a game to generally feel out how things are going to go or if you even want to sit down with these people right um but as a player i find it important to kind of look at these things of like oh well like i have this card in my hand but do i want to play it even though it is the optimal thing or do i want to you know whatever and it kind of this format specifically requires you to like kind of look at commander as like how does it affect or how does it fit into my deck rather than like you know five color good stuff is is a thing out there that you just slot in any five color commander and or generally any five color commander and it just works um and that kind of is the way things up are as you go up in number of colors in your deck right um so like good stuff decks are boring uh because they all end up being the same thing but this requires you to look at what you are have already drafted how your cards yeah. that you're are you are drafting interact with it how are they working how are they working in conjunction with each other and how will they work against your opponent's decks uh, and that's like really what i love about this is that like you're working on the same level the only difference is how you look at lightning greaves in this non-artifact based deck right versus how i look at it um and it, it, it is this nice balance of like we can keep this as casual as we want yeah um the one draft i had i had a lot of uh i i lucked out i uh i chose my commanders very late i think it's toward the end of pack two i finally found my two commanders uh and it ended up being red bu- red blue pirates it was breaches and malcolm yeah. and uh i was really forcing pirates um which i mean if anybody drafts out there you know really you shouldn't you shouldn't force things but yeah. uh there's a lot of support for pirates in this format and i mean i love my pirates mm-hmm. so um i was overjoyed when i found any re- <laughs> when i found any red legendary and any blue legendary and then finally i found bridges right. and malcolm yeah um and when I sat down to play the game, it was clear that, like, nobody knew who to go for. Nobody knew what, like... Right, there was you don't no, know what's in the deck. Yeah, there's no preconception of, like, oh, this person yeah. builds these decks that are so high-powered and so tough. Like, we got to go for this person immediately. We sat down, we started the game, and the fact that Monarch saw this, like, huge uptick in this format... Yes made it amazing you could play a card while somebody else was monarch that made you monarch without even having to attack them yeah uh and then you know you you got to choose like do i try to take this person out or do i attack the monarch to get the monarch to get that extra draw and you really play with your greed versus skill and like uh it it made for really interesting gameplay right um it's a beautiful beautiful yeah um the only piece to add to that mm-hmm. is with Monarch and Goad, um, we saw Commander Legends take that up a notch. Mm-hmm. That's more than one. 
um, the the monarch cards that came out of there. It wasn't simply you were the monarch, you know, or, or a way to attack somebody who is right. the monarch. It became uh, if you're the monarch, you get an extra benefit. If oh, you're yeah. not the monarch, you get a benefit or a negative or whatever. These it it really looked at that the the space that you can you know the build space that yeah. monarch offers and went into it and um, and I love that uh, if you're if you're adding another it, it's adding another reason for people to swing mm. and I'm all in favor of that and we saw a lot more goad cards come out yeah um, and they weren't. They weren't trashy. These were good. This is good stuff. I mean, yeah. um, I feel like they really took the idea of Monarch, and they've they've been doing this a lot with Mechanic lately, where they it's not just one note. So like, uh, you know, like you were saying with Monarch, it was if you're the Monarch at the beginning of your upkeep, you know, with the court cycle, if you're the mo- do this thing. If you're the Monarch, it does it more, uh, etc. Yeah. Um, they did the same thing with food, where it was like. You know, you can tap and sack this for three life. Great. Um, they did it with blood tokens. Yeah. You can tap and sack this to loot or whatever. Right. Um, but then within the set's mechanic as well, like with the food, you had extra benefits of uh, food, having food tokens or sacking food tokens. Same with blood. Like there was flavorful mechanics involved. Mm-hmm. Um and they're they're really hitting their stride with making mechanics multifaceted rather than just it does that one thing right um and i i, yeah. I just really love the attention that they're giving each mechanic rather than just throwing it out there and seeing what sticks right um and they're bringing back beloved mechanics and that's awesome yeah i had mentioned we were going to talk about boxing leagues uh we don't have much time but I mean, Boxing League is another limited format. Uh, Really kind of saw a a surge and kind of the creation Mm -hmm. during the pandemic where people couldn't draft. So they would get a box and then use that as their sealed pool for a commander deck. Right. And Um, that was the original. Right. there There was a format where you bought a box, you built, you built a commander from that box or you built a sealed deck mm. so you built a 40 card sealed deck from an entire box Oof. and then you would play and of course it doesn't play like a sealed deck it plays like a constructed deck uh, and people love that idea and then it was taken a step further with the boxing league where you would build your commander deck with one box of of cards and then after a couple of games you'd add another box to the mix. Mm. So your card pool just doubled in size. And now you can mess with that and, you know, remake your commander or, or edit the commander that you have or go with a whole new one or however you wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it was great fun and spectacular. It, yeah. And, uh, and quite honestly, a format for, <laughs> for people who have more money. Oh than yeah, I do. definitely. There's definitely <laughs> like a, like a step there in accessibility. Um, I yeah. mean, we, we were part of one where it was like we started with, I know, six. We, yeah, we started with packs instead right. of boxes with the yeah. idea that we would eventually ramp up to you yeah. know, several packs. But um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it was, I mean. The idea is you're balancing the card pool. There are going to be cards that you're just not going to get. 
and you have to make it work. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm just like so excited that this season we're really focusing on non traditional commander yeah content. Um, we've got some cool ideas for some episodes coming up. Uh, you know, uh, we're gonna build a deck. We're gonna uh, talk about you know very wild things, especially. Uh, having multiple copies of certain cards yeah. that you just generally don't see very often uh, if you're not playing not commander. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just like, I'm so excited to do some of these exercises where we are like, I'm, I'm hoping I'm coming out of this season with a new 60 card deck because I mean, I, bi- I, I built that, that, uh, the Tressor Horn. The Tressor Horn yeah. deck that we, we did a couple seasons ago, yeah. and it's fun. It does its thing. I've But it would be nice to have more than one deck. Yeah. Uh oh man. The amount of times that Tainted Strike has saved my life uh has been amazing. Yeah. You know, somebody comes in for eight damage and it's I supposed to be the finisher, not the saving. Yeah. I, I but, tainted strike it and it yeah. now I have nine poison counters, but nobody else is dealing with infect, so uh, I I just yeah. saved myself eight damage. Free swing, yeah. yeah. Um, but like I, I'm I'm so excited to just like kind of sit back, talk about the the ideas behind. Uh, what what kind of comes down when you have four people sitting at a table, right? Rather than four commander players yeah. talking commander. And for those of you who are commander only, yeah, don't give up on this. Oh yeah, um, no no no. It, most of these cards will relate to Commander, and even when they don't, just consider consider what we're looking at. Yeah, and then it's easy enough to to port that into your Commander games, into your Commander decks. Um, we're just trying to uh, we're opening opening up some new options for you. Yeah, and honestly, whenever we talk about a card, we will almost always just by instinct. Talk about how it relates to Commander. Mm -hmm. Um, So sit tight. We'll be back next week with another episode of Temple of False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Oh, man. I have yet to build a deck with four temples. Whoa. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, Have a great night, and may your temple... Your fifth land. Thank you. Always be the temple. Bye. Oh, wow. That was a weird... (laughs) That was a weird uh, (laughs) swip swap. Whoops. Wait, wait, before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, Like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!